We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the DGD Podcast. As always, Robert Reynolds, Juan Daniels, Kobe Pierce. Guys, it is Friday. Kobe, there's uh, something special going on uh, right after this. You want to tell the folks what it is? Uh, Georgia spring break starts officially, I guess, as soon as the podcast ends. I'm leaving. Um, At least work. Maybe not the state yet, but work today. So I'm just going to let y'all know right now, um, we're going to keep this show rolling as long as we can, uh, just to keep him there. <laughs> no, so we got a lot to talk about, right? I think we're just going to talk about the general scope of the Georgia program, running around topics involving Georgia. Right? I think it's, uh, right, there's really not a lot going on right now. You've got the combine, but we don't want to sit there and focus solely on the combine because we're going to do that Monday, all right? Um Give a, give a shout out here to Apotheos Roastery, folks. Uh, I actually got an alchemy bl- uh, blend this morning. Uh, I'm excited for that. Uh, but uh, friends over at Apotheos, our official sponsor of the show. Uh, listen, go to dgdpodcast.com forward slash Apotheos, get you some coffee. Every bag of coffee that you buy, 20% of those, 20% of those, pro, uh, the money from those bags, every bag, by the way, will go to the Classic City Collective. Uh, Georgia's official NIL program. So uh, check them out. Follow them at Instagram. That's Apotheos Roastery. And then Twitter is at Apotheos Coffee. Uh, check them out. Listen, excellent coffee. Listen. Tell them Rob and the gang sent you. Tell them Rob and the gang. Tell them Rob and the gang. Make Jason work. All right. Make Jason work. Um, so obviously, we're going to sit here. Adonis is on a mission today um, to instill chaos. Juan, we're here to be elite today. Yep. You see, you see this? You see this shit right here? This right here is what's telling me I'm staying elite today, because either you're elite or you're not. It's it's all coach speak, baby. Yeah. We no mean it. Over here. No laugh Fridays. Straight face. See how Kobe's we did already, right there? He's already laughing. He's messing it up for the group, man. Nah, we, we, Kobe. Kobe said before he wasn't going to be elite today. He's 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 in. He's he's got the itis right now. He's got senior itis right now. He's ready Just to smile. Clock Just smile. He's clocking, out. he's clocking out today. He's clocking out. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, guys, did y'all hear about the uh, NCAA uh, 
in implementing some new rules to uh, speed up the game. Has it gone official yet? Like, have they officially voted on it? Or is it just still in the, like, kind of talking? I know at one point they talked about it. I think they actually went through with it, though. Um, yeah, so on three, I saw it from on three. They said the, uh, the rules committee had announced major changes to speed up the game. Uh, the th- there are three rules, uh, no consecutive timeouts, which is ultimately icing, right? Icing a kicker, things like that. So you won't be able to do that. Uh, no untimed down at the end of the first and third quarters. Honestly, those first two, well, you'll, you'll see the ice in the kicker, and but that second one that I just read off right there, I'm telling you right now, you won't realize that because how often does that happen? Very slow, very slow. Uh, and then the third rule is a running clock after first down conversions, except within two minutes of the first half. Well, uh, I mean, do we have any thoughts on that? Listen, well, they, they did that. They did that some years back. Um, with it the, basically uh, made it the NFL. If you if you really think about it. it, it really turned it into somewhat of like the NFL, right? I mean, that's the NFL rule, right? If you can, if you get a first down, the clock will continue to run until it's two minutes in the first half. My question is, if you want to speed up, like, why speed up the game? Take out a media timeout, Kobe. You want y'all, y'all been to these games? How like, dude? You're looking at three minutes per ad. Like every commercial TV timeout is like three minutes. Like take one of those out if you're sitting there worried about a few minutes of the game and the TV time. Like get the hell out of here with that. You know what I mean? So, Ruth, I, I guess I guess my thing and and Juan can agree and Robert. I know you haven't been, but like ticket prices aren't getting lower to George games. Like they they're just not. They're not getting lower to any college football games at that point. I think the base ticket price for a Georgia football game right now is $75 a ticket. Now, it may, you know, fluctuate up or down depending on who we're playing and where the seats are. But, I mean, you're talking about that you can uh, have, you know, 150 if you take your whole family, maybe have $300-plus into an event. Like, I want that event to be as long as possible. I don't know. I would like to see where the where the group of college football fans are that are going. You know what would make me happy with college football? Let's make it more like the NFL. Let's make it take less time. Let's make it, you know, speed up because I'm ready to go home. Nobody's saying that. Nobody's I mean, you want more bang for your buck in reality. Right? game at 12 and home by three. You, you're there for the afternoon. I mean, you're talking about if it's a noon game in Athens, people are out drinking at 7 30 in the morning they're not worried about going yeah, home yeah. i can imagine so like t- to me though i mean watching it from the tv right like you'll sit there how many times have we seen this happen if you've watched a game on tv you will see a you will see ads come on and then it will come back for a punt they filled the punt and then it goes back to ads like that shit is stupid to me that shit is stupid like, and and I think Rudes, I saw it up earlier here, uh, saying dog water game changes to make more ad marketing time for commercials. Yeah, th- this those rules to me show just how much they don't give a fuck about what we want, and that's college football. They're there for the money. That's just what that seems to be. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just my thought overall with it. 
uh, Adonis. Adonis is coming in hot, Juan. Uh, I have to I have to read this. Where'd you get that red Georgia chest tattoo and white football on? You're not wearing a shirt today, Juan, or something? Not Juan not going to put on a shirt? He's he's trying already. He is trying. Yes, I do have. You know why? Because visors are elite. Just going to leave that there. Uh, you know, just going to say that. Um, but no, ultimately, though, I, I think I, I'm not necessarily a fan of speeding the game up. Just take out a fucking uh, just take out media timeouts. Like how often do y'all sit there, watch three, three and a half minutes of, you know, sitting there in the game stands like y'all going there watching them. You sitting there having to wait for three minutes before shit happens. Like, what's the point in that? You know what I mean? Like, ultimately, we kind of know. So I'm going to say there. Um, anybody got any questions? Well, at some point, yeah. At some point, it just it, – it takes away from your ability to, you know, in college, all these teams are trying to go tempo. Like, you look like a team like Tennessee who's only taking a minute and 30, minute 50 off the clock – for some drives, you know, you, you run into a team like Georgia where they don't stop the clock on first down. You know, those curve, those famous like Kirby Smart death marches. I mean, those are going to get into be like eight, nine, ten minute drives if you're not careful. They're going to just, I mean, he's going to line up and personnel run the ball at you, and if the clock don't stop ever, I mean, it is just going to tick, tick, tick all the way down. And then I, I, I don't know. It just is. Uh, it just, to me, it's not a good change. It, it doesn't make sense in how you could think it's a good change. I don't, think the, I don't think the product, I mean, hell, I don't think the product was an issue. Like, if, if you're going to make a change, why don't you, why don't you uh, focus on implementing something, right, for injuries, right, injury timeouts, faking them injuries, slow up, fast-paced defense down, I mean, offense down, right? Think about it. How, how many times have we seen a fast-paced offense go tempo and then there's just a time, timing of it where a guy gets a, you know, like a cramp or whatever and goes down for it and stops the momentum? Like, make him sit out for a drive, and then that'll that'll stop people from doing that shit. Just my thoughts. Juan, do you move the rocking chairs to the porch in the summer, keeping those pesky kids off your lawn? Juan, you, Juan's holding up today. I'm proud of you, Juan. You, you, my man came in being elite. He said he was going to be elite. He's fucking proving it right now. I ain't even mad. <laughs> um, so I saw a couple comments about this, about the combine last night. We'll call, we'll talk briefly on this. We're going to do kind of a, a super in-depth breakdown of what, what it all means. But um, Motivated and Dedicated says, didn't know that Robert Bill was that fast. She's. And also Rude says, 448 at 64250 is going to hurt somebody. Robert Bill surprised me yesterday. He surprised me. I'm just gonna leave it at that. I think mean, I think he went from undrafted to somebody's gonna take a chance on him late. I think that's the kind of that's the kind of movement he made. I mean, somebody there's some teams out there that are going back and watching that film. I mean, you know, at, at some point we we know that if you get taken sixth, seventh round, like the odds that you even make the 53 man roster are slim. So I, I feel like somebody's definitely gonna take a chance on him. See if he has a good camp. See if he can put all the pieces together, stay healthy, and you know, be a good backup. Um, we'll, we'll see. I mean, to me, he's still right there on the cusp of. He just doesn't have the production here that that I think correlates to the next level. He doesn't have the best, you know, move off the edge. 
he doesn't really defeat that many blocks in the passing game. I think he's really good in the run. So if you get a team that can see that and use that properly, then that's great. But don't count on him, um, you know, coming up in a big-time moment with a big-time sack consistently. Um, he will. He flashes. But yeah, you I need mean, him. Will he always be there? I'm not really sure. Well, you, I mean, this is this is where the lack of – I mean, that's the biggest thing. I mean, he's – yeah, he doesn't have all of those things, but he's Georgia-built. And, you know, I'm, I'm taking chances on, on Georgia guys. And I think that the NFL right now is finding out that, um, you know, they're, they're finding out that Georgia guys are, you know, they're, they're durable, you know, and, and, and they contribute big time. So I'm, I'm, I'm wishing the best for Beal. Now, I mean, my thought is when you watch him on film, right, and watch him during the games, <laughs> he plays – That's the stupidest thing. <laughs> Come on. Am Andrew, I the only Robin one that runs? <laughs> <I don't mind. laughs> and I don't know why robbing the game just hurts me so bad. I, I just don't. That may, Kobe, that may seriously be one of the funniest things. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And then and now it's down to me. God almighty. Oh, oh man. All right. Sorry. Now, I, I will know. Okay. Now that we got it out of our system here. Um, you know, I, I do think that Robert bill kind of played a little bit slower. And I think it's because he didn't have the reps that you would need because you could feel like you could watch him. And he knew what to do, but he was thinking a lot. And, and y'all know this, if you're thinking you, you play slower, right? So I think it, the more reps he gets, the better he will become. And I think that's a team – there's a team out there that will notice that, and I think they'll take a shot on him, right? Um, ultimately, listen, get this man, get him, you know, get him some reps, get him comfortable with it, and, and make him just play instead of think. And if he can do that, yeah. you know, This is going to sound super hater, and I don't want to because I know Robert, and, you know, we're friends, we play, we're teammates. But, you know. Dude's 26 years old right now. Hmm. I mean, he's older than most people are in the NFL. So he he is going to have a very short lifespan of he either needs to pan out this year or teams are going to start going, why are we signing? Why are we looking at some 27, 28-year-old guy in our camp when there's a 20-year-old guy that, you know, we maybe can put on the P squad and by the time he's 22, he can play for us. Yeah, that's just – it's kind of like Stetson. It's the same thing you know, with him. 
your lifespan, you've already shortened it so much. You really are going to have to impress right now. Otherwise, teams are going to move on from you. That's why I worry about Hendon Hooker having the ACL injury. He's already 26. Yeah. He's not going to get to play this whole football season more than that. <coughs> you're talking about you're investing in a guy that's going to be 27, which with the way quarterbacks are going, maybe can give you 10 years, you know, maybe play from 27 to 37. But just definitely still a young man's league. Well, you know, and, and Adonis yeah, I mean, made, uh, made a great point. I mean, there's the XFL. There's also going to be the USFL. So there's going to be chances, you know, for him if it if it if it doesn't make. But like you said, um, Kobe, that life cycle, um, man, it, it it's it's you know, really really slimming down because you look at a, a, a Jalen Hurts, for instance, and a lot of these guys are just 24. Um, you know, so many guys are so young right now. So when you're getting to 26 and you're just starting your professional career. Um, you know, your time is going to be very, very limited. Yeah, I think, you know, just looking at it, right, like when we take a look at overall, and obviously the combine is still going on, but you're seeing a lot younger guys coming out, you know, and I think, like you said, though, drafting, you know, drafting a guy that's 26, you're, Kobe, you're exactly right, I think. You know what I mean? I mean, you, you see the physical gifts that Bill's got. Right, he's four four eight official. Right, that, that's that's moving. But you just need him to, you know, to be. You would think the experience and things like that. Um, I mean, ultimately, listen. I think he didn't hurt himself whatsoever by any stretch of the means. Well, uh, I think we can leave that there. Um, motivated, dedicated. Says Hooker was Hooker was so overhyped. I mean, I think he fit Hypo's system, but. I mean, when he when he played a defense that all you have to do is just get in his face and make him feel like the pocket's closing, he turns from an accurate quarterback to a not so accurate quarterback quick. Wait, who said that? I, I just I don't know. No, if I no, motiv- motivated, motivated, and dedicated said Hooker was so overhyped. Oh no, I don't I don't agree with that. Yeah, I don't think I, I do don't either. Agree with that at all. I mean, he he had a bad game against us. Yeah, he had um, a bad. Yeah, but, you. But, I mean. Yeah, I, I don't agree with that at all. I mean, he he slaughtered there some, the teams that he played. He he's he's a guy that I wouldn't have wanted to see again. And that uh, if we had to rematch him or play him in that college football playoff, if they would have caught us like the you know like the way that Ohio State played with the receivers that they had, I wouldn't want to see them. He, he I just don't know. He blossomed late. I mean, you, you're right. He wasn't great early in his career, but I really think that he put it all together. I think the offense they ran helped him put it all together. But he has a strong arm. He can make all the throws. And he can beat you with his legs when he needs to. That's the kind of guy that, to me, you know, if you'd put him on, you know, any any big-time team that had a solid defense, you put him on Michigan this year, I mean, you know, I think they may even be in better shape than they were with J.J. McCarthy. Oh, I think he just fit this. I just think he fit Hypo's system, though. Let's be honest. Because it's not just Hypo's system. He could have gone. He could have gone and played pretty much anywhere. He's, you know, he's. I just thought he was that good. He was probably, you know, the one of the top quarterbacks in the SEC. I mean, I, I give nudge to to Bryce Young, but then after Bryce Young, I went to to um. Let's put it this way. I, I still think if they beat South Carolina and he doesn't get hurt, that he's probably top two in the Heisman voting. Yeah. I, I th- 
I mean, Easy. Easy. could have been, yeah. So, uh, Juan, Pat asked if we can get some Juan Daniels combine video. Uh, I don't think we have anything related to the Flintstones, so can't do that. Yeah, I don't I don't think you want to see that. I don't think you want to see that. And, you know, speaking of combine, I know it was, it was funny that um, um, uh, actually Hooker is a year younger, uh, Michael B. But no, he's like two months. He's like two months younger. Uh, he's still younger. But in, anyways, um, you know, speaking of the combine, it's so funny that, you know, when you've got these guys that are running this fast time, I mean, you got a guy that size, a defensive end running a 4-3-9 at the combine at that at that size. I think I ran like a 4-4 something at the, at the combine and I was 215 pounds. Um, so to see him running that fast is 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 criminal. Um, and, you know, even at, you know, my fastest, I ran a 4.34 and I was 185, like 185 pounds. He's running a, a 4.39 at the combine, which is usually slower. That's scary. You said you ran a 4.34? Yeah, I ran a 4.34 at 185. Nice. But when I got up to 215, you know, they wanted to bulk me up and put me on the creatine. Then I, I couldn't run worth it. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, the way the way Georgia and being in all seriousness right now, the way Georgia played back in that, when you played, they were wanting you to be more of a perimeter blocking top, right? I'm assuming. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, I'll tell you. I'll tell you who's going to run fast. I like and being that's bold. Us, that's been I it. like being bold. <laughs> I'm say, tra I, you know trashed what? in who? What? Trashed in Bennett. That's who's going to run fast. You talk about the guy that's going to get drafted because he's going to run a 4-4. You know what? Actually. You know, as, as I sit there and thought about it, he, he actually does have a chance. And I would say the only reason is going to be at Baltimore that the fact that, you know, Munkin um, is, is at Baltimore, he may try to make a pitch for him. I mean, I think it would be silly, but that I think that that's pretty much going to be his, his only chance. Um, uh, other than that, you know, maybe a backup at, in the XFL – uh, or the USFL or something like that. Yeah. Have you watched the XFL game? No. I, mean, like, I don't watch the XFL. Like with Jordan Payamu out there running around, you know, uh, I don't know. They got yeah. some – the only decent XFL quarterback is um, – was it A.J. Yeah, McCarron? A.J. Right? McCarron. Yeah. yeah, he actually, actually made the And that's crazy. Yeah. He actually looks very competent. He looks like yeah. the best quarterback in that whole league by far. I mean, you know why though, right? Because he's got back-to-back -back national titles. Yeah. Think about it. Think about it. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so apparently, I uh, let's see. Adonis asked, "What did I run? Uh, not good. Not good. Probably what like a, a July third, like July thirteenth, something like that." It, it took it took me uh, two hours to run that. Yeah, we're kind of this for everybody listening at home, not watching, reading the comments. Pat says Rob ran the concession stands. Not used to. <laughs> I, not ran. I run. I run. <laughs> not ran. Use the correct grammar. Use correct grammar. Listen, you know what? I can't. You know what? <coughs> the problem is I can't be a leader if I'm coming in last. And I, honestly, though, I didn't come in last a lot. Uh, when we were running our, uh, you know, not forties, but oh, I was, I dude, I'll tell you what, I was an effort mother. I was, I was, I was a dude who gave all my shit, like all the effort. Adonis, Adonis, Robert was better at throwing the forty than running the forty. You know, I mean? nah, nah, touchdown hold on, pass. Hold on, hold on. We, 
We talk about 40s now. You listen. Nah, yeah, exactly. But also give me a 40. Old English. Give me two of them. Back-to-back old English 40s. Yes, sir. 40-yard back shoulder. Nah, that was a – nah, not a back shoulder. Not a back shoulder, sir. Um, Listen, so obviously, let's see, what's up with the Twins beards? Rob's looking shorter. No, I I, I cut it a while back, but it's chilling. So, uh, put some respect on my man's name, Juan, before I destroy the only tape of your games on the stones of the Ten Commandments. Let it die. Let it die. If it dies, it dies. With that being said, with that being said. um, Okay, so I have a good question. Roots had some good questions early. Juan, what kind of offense did you run in the 90s when you played? That's actually a good question. Yeah, yeah. So, we ran more more of your traditional eye um, that you would find at like Iowa or something like that. And then we also had we also had the spread. So it was, you know, between that every now and then we would go we would go three wide receivers. But, you know, we were more old school. So, if, if you know, you want to see what Georgia looked like back then watching. Ice, it's boring. It's painful. Um, and then every now and then you just kind of jump into four wides and then try to go up and down the field. Yeah, yeah I was going to say we saw we saw some Juan Daniels touchdowns. You know, back in the day, there's a reason why yeah. you're number ten overall right now. When, number 10. when y'all were when you were there, how were they getting plays into y'all? Were they just signaling to the quarterback and he called the whole play, or did y'all all have signals? We all we all had signals. Um, and so what we would do is we would just base settle. They would just give us the uh, the play call. We had one guy that we would look at. You know, one one series we'd go. You know, they'd say on the box. Our play. So this was like number one. So we'd run number one. The next one would be, you know, just on your hand. So they'd say one, you know, and then they would say the next one is just going to be the number. So we had just different ways to do all of your plays. Um, and uh, that that was that was fun. Um, it wasn't that, you know, you line looks back and it just looks weird and looks dumb. But just kind of, you know, just pick up and go. Well, it's a, it's super effective, um, especially like compared to the NFL where they're like radioing in, and he's re- having to re- you know read off and remember. You know, I'm sure a lot of people have heard like 14 words play, and the the receivers only listening for four of those words, and yeah, things like that can just be very confusing. It's a lot easier when you can signal in, and that signal like one one one, like the offensive line immediately knows what one means receivers it just makes things a lot quicker and more efficient god one turn one went from being elite to not fast pat facts man he said pat i had facts, yeah, he said i had a 1975 yard receiving which coincidentally is the same year I graduated from georgia are you sure you weren't dyslexic pat and said 1795 yeah and and then and then black adonis was like do we have nokia side uh headsets <laughs> Now that might be a serious question because Nokia was hot back in the day. Yeah, yeah, they were they were big way way back then. Now again, we just had the tin can, you know, where like you said, you had the tin can. The string went all the way up to the press box and stuff. Oh, and I was about to say, what about Zaire? I, well, I was just spring and mess everything up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, more. Joe Huff, welcome to the brigade. I, don't, I haven't seen that name before. Um, only time I want shorter games is if we're only up three and our defense is tired. You yeah. know what, though? 
I mean, that that's going to impact Georgia a lot, I think, because that's going to give Kirby a reason to run the damn ball. I'm saying, like, they again, this is this isn't anything new. They they tried this some time back where you were actually they were actually running the clock, you know, when you were kicking the ball off. So you'd have some teams that would tee the ball up and they would sit there and let the 25 second, you know, 25 seconds run off and then they then they would kick it. So that's really not that big a deal. I mean, and and I agree. Rules like will flash and then get pulled back. My sophomore year, there was this huge push by the um, officiating and I guess NCAA in general, or maybe it was just the SEC, I don't really remember. But they were really – they were going to crack down on uniforms that your knees had to be covered, your shirt had to be tucked in, you, your back plate, you know, couldn't be hanging out. You couldn't have, like, skin showing in your midsection. It just all – you had to have, you know, had to have a mouthpiece visible on helmet. Just all these crazy, like – not crazy rules, but very NFL style rules. Um, and that lasted all of one year. And then they repealed it. And Sir, I find that offensive, Adonis. I am, listen, I know I'm from the East Coast, but I am not touching a fucking clam chowder. Get out of here with that. Shit's disgusting. Joel, yes, I did wear a crop top jersey. Yeah, one 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 I had my abs showing for sure. I miss those days of having abs, but no longer. Yep, there you go. Crop top. <laughs> Crop top one. It's the it's the high it's the high top hip pads for me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where now they don't have them. hip pads. Yeah, exactly. Now they don't even have them. Yeah, you know, we didn't have the luxury. Like now it looks like these kids are wearing shorts. Like short shorts. You know, I mean absolutely zero. Basically it looks like they're in the combine with just a few pads in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. One, I want to ask you a question. So so in North Carolina, right? Like when I when I was in high school, a lot of shit changed. But what I'm hearing in Georgia, from a high school perspective, like you're seeing you're seeing several schools now with indoor facilities, like practice facilities and shit like that. Like that sounds absurd, but I feel like with what are your thoughts on that? Like because I think you're looking at what uh, Lowndes is doing it. Uh, Carrollton, Carrollton, because that yeah, Carrollton posted that Under Armour event just recently too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Gainesville, Gainesville has it. I'm going to tell you what it's 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 a tremendous asset to your to your football. I mean, you get. I mean, there is no canceling football. There is no you know. So right now, when you know for Buford, if they're having practice and if it's raining, thunderstorming or whatever, they have to go to the gym and do a walkthrough. So that's a day of practice that they completely miss out on versus, yeah. you know, at a Carrollton, you know, you're going in there and you're practicing every day, no matter what the weather conditions are. And, I my, and for those mind. Southern and for those Southern schools like Lowndes, Valdosta, Colquitt County, like you have to like the rules for in the GHSA is the heat index has to be below a certain amount with the humidity. So you have to go out there and wet ball to decide like, can we can we full practice? So there's like a there's like a range, a chart. Can I full practice for two hours? Can I only practice full practice for an hour? And then I have to have them take their helmets and shoulder pads off. We have to walk through an hour. Can I not let them put their helmets and shoulder pads on at all? Can we not even go outside at all? So there's a huge discrepancy. Well, you have a couple of those days in July, early August. It's 102 in in South Georgia with 85 percent humidity. You're you're sitting inside meetings all day, like Juan saying. You're missing days where now all of a sudden you can go inside, 
practice like normal, run like normal, put helmets on sooner. It, it, it just is a huge, huge advantage for schools like that. And it gets hot up in Atlanta too. So, I mean, it, it, it solves a problem that constantly was occurring for a lot of high schools. It's crazy to see though, like how much, <laughs> how much money is being dropped into high school sports in Georgia. Like, you would, you know, you can expect that with, right, like NFL and all that stuff. But, like, the fact that it's high school and people dropping that kind of money on like those schools. See, Juan, you're talking about Buford. I'm surprised they haven't done that yet. Or is there talks about it? Do you know? Or, like, not right now. I mean, they just, they just built an arena. Yeah. That, you know, that they host like state championships. They're building a brand new stadium um, that's right across the brand new school that they just built. Um, I think it was like 2018, 2019. If you see their facilities, you would be sick. I mean, it, it's it looks like a college. Um, it, it looks like you're going to college. Yeah, so I mean, that makes I, I, there, is there room though? I mean, is there room for that though? Like, if they're building, yeah, there, yeah there, there's room. There's definitely room for it. And if you look at their baseball field, they have one of those baseball fields that's the artificial turf that yeah. it doesn't even matter if it's raining. There, there are no rainouts, so they're going to play no matter what. Wow. Um, so. Yeah, so they they like you said they're investing a lot of money into these schools and, and and doing a lot of things and you know a lot of it too is going to be that national exposure um, and you know these these television deals you know now a lot of these teams are getting to play on ESPN they're getting to play you know nationally so that they can you know get this money and and, and you know build and pour into their pour into their programs but uh, it, it would be nice because just like Kobe said you know with those hot days you know, where you can only practice so much and do so much, you know, again, that that's just lost time. And there's going to be a team that's getting that additional practice in that's going to, it's going to be an advantage for them, especially like if you're playing a big time playoff game and it's freezing rain outside, um, you know, in November and all of us, you know, November, December, all of a sudden you're having to be indoors all week, you know, in the gym doing walkthroughs while these guys are getting legitimate practice. Yeah. I mean, I remember having to do the the indoor gym walkthroughs. That you know, it's everybody handles it differently. But yeah, I mean, when you have the competitive nature of Georgia sports, from what it seems like, like any advantage possible helps at that point. It's what it sounds like. A little belly showing. But it, I mean, it's just a. It, I think it it all goes in steps. You know, like depending on how you are, like a turf field may be the first step. And at that point, like, you don't have as much field management. You don't have – you can have as many sports play there as you possibly want. Like, Cairo's big thing is they put in a turf field, like, 2018, 2019. Well, because they were having issues because they're playing, a, you know, in the fall, you're playing a eighth-grade game on it one day, a JV game on it one day, and a varsity game on it one day. Man, that's a lot of wear and tear on a field over – you know, 12, 13 weeks. And then by that the point, it's, mud, it's mud by the end of the season. You're playing regular on it in the offseason when it's supposed to be healing. You know, you're doing – you're still actively doing things on it. So, um, it's it's always – football is always going to be an arms race. And football is still king in Georgia and in the South. So, I mean, it, as long as there's money and backing from a community, you're going to have nice stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's just – I don't know. Just overall looking at high school sports in Georgia, I mean – it correlates to why you're seeing, like, when you look at recruiting, right? Like, this 24 cycle, there's so many kids from Georgia in the top 100, top 250. And I think there's a direct correlation there. I mean, one would have to agree, correct? Yeah. I mean
mean, for sure. But uh, also, too, that's going to a lot of things. One of the things that, you know, especially for Buford, the FBU football team is out of Buford. So they, they practice at the facilities. And it's so funny. So Kobe was talking about, you know, wear and tear on a football field. Well, Buford, the football team is the only team that touches that field. So there are there are fields for the JV and the ninth grade to play on and, and, and eighth grade. They all play on the same, you know, they all play on the same field. Soccer and lacrosse are on two different another play, beautiful fields. And you've got all of these, all of these different things. And so when these kids come and play the FBU All-Star game that's down in Naples every year, their parents and everybody, they see these facilities, they're like, wait a minute, you guys have you know, this big, you know, this, you know, game field that you guys play. And then of course you look up, you know, up the hill and then there's like three more practice fields. And then there's the actual football stadium. And then you walk down the street and you see there is a lacrosse field and then there's a soccer field and they have concession stand. I mean, it's beautiful. So then you're starting to see a lot of these recruits coming to these different places, like even Lowndes. You know, the, the, you know, or, or, you know, anywhere, Carrollton, they see these facilities and then guess what? These kids are going to want to start coming to these places. And, you know, you go from this place where you just have maybe one weight bar, you know, and then you just go and, and, and move. And then, of course, too, all the college coaches are going to Lowndes. They're going to Buford. They're going to Colquitt County, Valdosta. They're going to Carrollton to see these 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 athletes at these little different events. And so. You know, they, they just want to go to where the, these coaches are going. And you're, and you're promoting that within the state, and the GHSA is trying to regulate it as much as possible. You look at, you know, Garcia that transferred to Valdosta, um, and, and even um, Gabe Harris this year transferred to Valdosta as well. I mean, they both went from lesser schools to one of the, you know, I mean, Valdosta's title town. Valdosta High School has won, you know, so many state championships and national championships. They have unbelievable facilities. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you go from a Thomas County Central who this year was like 13-0 and 0 before losing in the state playoffs. Gabe Harris, one of their best athletes, leaves to go to Valdosta because he thinks he's going to get more national exposure, more exposure within the state. You know, it just – it promotes things. Um, and, and that's the same way with, you know – Garcia ended up going to what Grayson, I think, and win the state yeah. championship. Yeah, from he started out at Valdosta, but then goes to goes to Grayson. Yeah, that was a little screwy. I mean, yeah. that was he ineligible at Valdosta, but eligible at Grayson. Well, what what it was is that he they his parents quote unquote got a divorce, um, and then he moved with his parents and uh, moved with his I guess his dad down there, but they didn't recognize that. So the mom then flies to from California. And then they both are back together all of a sudden, and then they establish in Grayson, and all of a sudden he's eligible. It's a little crazy. It's but, a little. It was a little questionable. Yeah. For, just for JWG. If you're reading the comments, you understand. <laughs> uh, no, so I think Roots had a good question here. I think Kobe he asked it for you. Um, <clears throat> asked some questions about O line technique, how the block scheme has changed under Coach Searles uh, and a few others like footwork and point of impact. Um, I guess, Rudes, if you want to special, like reiterate the question uh, just, to, just to help him make sure we're answering your question the right way, shoot it in the chat, uh, and then we'll answer that question. 
Roots is going to bark, apparently. Well, all you got to do is just show a little bit of an old crop top one and got Roots going, J-O-double-G, for some reason, too, even though we what haven't said. What classification is Buford in now? Seven. Seven, eight. Are they all the way up to seven? Oh. <coughs> yep, they're in the highest. Yeah, I know, like, I heard that Buford's, like, the only school to go – from one through six with a state title. And if they win one in seven, they'll have in every single classification. Every single class, yep. Oh, okay. So, Rudes, to answer, Kobe, he asked, how was his point of impact hands and footwork as an O-lineman? Um, well, here you go. There you go. There. To be more specific. Yeah. So, I'm not 100% sure. I obviously didn't play under Searles. Um, my whole time was under Pittman. I, so it, I really haven't been to a practice to see what he's emphasizing. I know Pitt's big thing was quick hands, you know, quick hands win. A lot of times people say, you know, low man wins, but if you can stop someone's forward momentum or their like first move, you can really impact um, kind of their plan and their pass rush. Um, so it just kind of, it kind of is here and there. Um, I would say I could probably talk to you more about the people that Pitt was um, recruiting. His blocking scheme for him was a lot of man. Um, and then once we moved over from Pittman, I think we've been running a lot of zone. And I still think we're running a lot of zone um, schemes now. Yeah, the uh, – <clears throat> I mean, you kind of – well, like Kobe, another question. Got, they're trying to keep you here as long as possible. Um, I'm, I always have a good time. I like doing it on Fridays too. So, he know, so Adonis asks, I play quarterback receiver, so that's actually or usually who I'm watching. As a long snapper, do you find yourself watching the long snapper and critiquing them? Yes. I think it's only natural in every position that you, you know, you go, oh, that was a good snap, or like if it's raining and it, somebody has a good snap. <laughs> or like, um, right, a lot of times when it's wet and the ball's wet and your hands are wet, it makes it very challenging to snap consistently. So it's always an interesting time to see, like, you know, if if you're normally a guy that snaps in the in the, like the point sevens, the high point sixes, um, when it's raining outside, you got to take a little heat off because I, we've all seen, you know, the punter, the athlete, the punter is going to catch the ball, flips <laughs> and you know hits him in the chest, and now we're panicking. You know, it takes that that recognition to go, okay. I can't take a lot off of the snap. I can't change, but like this doesn't need to be 95 down the middle for, for, you know, my unathletic punter friend back there. Um, and then what's really impressive to me is like um, guys in the NFL are unbelievable. Like, you know, that's not 50 balls all 50 or laces at the top. So you can really get an appreciation for, for how well that, um, how consistent and how well practiced they are doing that. Were either of the um, Ferguson brothers at LSU when you were there? Yeah, I, so I, knew, I knew the younger, Reed, I knew the younger Reed, Ferguson. Yeah, Reed, they're, Reed, they're Buford. They're Buford guys. Um, yeah. Both of them. Um, and Buford. There's a there's a pipe. There was a pipeline for a while from Buford to LSU for snapping because even the guy after Blake um, was it Blake and Reed? Wasn't Blake it? Skinner was yours. Yeah. He went and played LSU's on the 19 team. I know, and now yeah. he's at Troy. So, yeah, so we have a guy – we had a guy last year who ended up going to Mercer, 
and then a guy this year who signed with Bowling Green uh, to do yeah. long snapping. So Buford has some good snappers. There's a guy though um, that does a lot of like lessons out of Buford. I think um, in correspondence with Rubio long snapping. I don't remember what yeah. the other guy's name is that does them predominantly out of Buford. Yeah. But I know that he he typically finds you know those kids really young and and are is willing to train them. So. Yeah. Michael B asks, how did you decide to be a long snapper? And Rudes asks, head down staring uh, at the snapping target or up to catch the block? Um, so Michael, I'll just say like I just was a center in high school and ended up just, you know, starting a long snap as a freshman in high school, realizing I was like decent at it. You know, went to a couple camps, learned how to properly do it. And then, you know, you just speed practice. You find out, you know, you're better than a majority of the people um, at, at being consistent. Uh, head down, staring is probably the best way to snap because it really doesn't take as much time as you think to, like, get your head back up and you're protected. So nobody can, like, line up over you, whether it's a field goal or a punt. So you have time to kind of get up. Um the blocking, that's pro-style punting. That typically only happens in the pros. Georgia ran it when I was a freshman. We ran pro-style punting. But we almost nobody in the um, in college football runs pro-style punts. They almost all run spread punt where you have like a decent split and it allows people to free release quicker to cover it versus, you know, defend the block as well. Juan, these are some questions for you, sir. Adonis comes in. Juan, you versus champ, one-on-one, 10 routes. How many times do you beat him, prime versus prime? Prime Prime one versus prime champ Bailey. I'd say probably at least seven. I would say say at least seven. Ooh. Yeah. Also, has there been a Georgia DB? I was at an easy, easily running a 4-3, much bigger than him. you know, and, and then again, it's a, a lot of it is just route running. Um, it, you know, it, it was, I was just really good at it. You know, I, that's the only time I'll ever say that I was like good at something, but route running was something that I was really, really good at. Uh, also, has there been a Georgia DB that you honestly think could shut you down? No. No. <laughs> and no. No. I, and I would take all, all comers, all comers. Yeah. No. Because, you know, I, I was very, you know, I was also very physical, too. So if you were going to come up there and try to press me, that's where your problem's going to be. Juan's um, going to start. No, Juan will be sitting there. He'll line up and he'll be like, he'll start going in and be like, let's get physical. Yeah, that was that was my favorite. That was, like I said, I, and, you know, if I had an opportunity to try to run you over, I was going to try to run you over. Juan Daniel said he's, 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 he's not pulling Arian Smith. He's not going to run by you. He said he's gonna run through you, and Never, then I'm try to, yeah. But that, but that's that's also how we were taught, though. Like our our our, you know, our our receiver coach Daryl Drake. You know, he he unfortunately passed away not too long ago, but he was, you know, with us at Georgia. Then he went to um, uh, to the Steelers. Actually, he was with the Bears and then the Steelers. But he just just taught physicality. So you know, our our weight room lifts and all that. And so it was it honestly got to the point where all of us were so physically dominating our defensive backs that we had to we had to you know chill out 
you know, to the and, and we were fighting, we fought every day too. Like a lot of people don't understand, and I don't know how it was when you were there, Kobe, but like, you know, we would fight, we would sit there and I'd catch a pass and a guy was trying to tackle me and I'd sit there and mangle him to the ground and drop the ball on him. And then it's just a big old melee. I mean, and we were just, we just wanted to rumble all the time. So Juan is still fit for Bloody Tuesday. Got it. Yes. I, I would say as far as fighting goes now, um, Kirby really kind of curved that when he got here. Yeah. Like he, you know, NCAA is so is so harsh on you that basically from the moment, you know, the moment practice starts at four o'clock, there's a timer that has to start. And by six fifteen, you have to be off the field. You have to be. And so Kirby's big thing in 2016 was if it if you fight and it takes 10 minutes for us to break it up, you've just wasted 10 minutes and I only got two hours with you today. You just, you know, pissed away 10 minutes. Not to say there still aren't fights. I mean, there's anybody that's that competitive. Of course, there's going to be fights. They're just not – they're definitely not every day, um, definitely not every week. They're typically um, in, in a big week or – a lot of our fights kind of happen in the spring or in um, preseason when everybody's kind of, you know, you're tired, it's fall camp, you've been there 12 days in a row, you know, somebody says the wrong thing to you, you're, um, you know, your girlfriend broke up with you, whatever, and, and it's on kind of thing. I don't know. If, I don't know if this question can be uh, answered, but Adonis asked the best fight you've seen. Um, Like, I'll ask this question back to Adonis because I'll answer it. I don't care. Um, do you mean like back and forth or just like pure, like I purely enjoyed watching it happen? Do both. Mean, man. <coughs> well, you could probably do the same for you too. Yeah. But yeah, Kobe, do both the, the back and forth and then the. <laughs> so one of the best ones, it was spring. So in the spring, you know, we have like, we practice Tuesday, practice Thursday, practice Saturday, but we're still there Monday, Wednesday, Friday, like doing other things. Um, and this actually may have been in the summer now that I say that. But sometimes we go – yeah, so it was in the summer. I stand corrected. This one was in the in – then. so in the summertime, you come in, you go to lift, and then you'll run as a team. And then after team run, all the coaches have to leave and because um, football's come out and the coaches can't be out there. But they have you offensive and defensive linemen, and I never have understood this, but they do one-on-one pass rush without shoulder pads and helmets on. So nothing. Like, just as you are, you do one-on-one pass rush full speed. It's just not smart. And so um, we were we were doing it. We had done it a couple times. And the problem is, is you do it three, you know, you go through three or four times, you're like, okay, I'm, you know, we're tired. Everybody's got to go three or four times. Like, we're ready to go. Well, you know, somebody's radioing down going, you can't leave until everybody else leaves. And you look up at the clock and there's still 25 minutes left before you leave. And, and everybody's like, we're, we're tired of this. Um, so Jonathan Ledbetter and uh, offensive lineman, I will not specify, um, go take a rep. This guy had just – you're going to have to help me. Is it – Juan, I don't know if you'll know. What fraternities – do all of them brand after you've been inducted normally, yeah. or is there a specific yeah. one? 
Yeah, yeah, they're all, all of them pretty much like Sigma, um, uh -huh. and uh, the Qs and all that. Uh -huh. Yeah, they all. Yep. What's the Q look like, or what's the it's is it Omega, Omega that's like the that's like a loop? You know what I'm talking yeah, about? I think so. That's the yeah, that's uh, so whatever. So this guy had just been inducted or you know introduced. So he had a huge brand marking here, a huge brand here, and then two on his chest. And he's out there doing you know one on one pass rush. And so Led hits him with a long arm to one of them, and then swats his arm on the other one. And I mean immediately he's like, that's up like you know you know i got these brandings like just this week and he's like he's like if i if i know better he's like i beat your ass and led was like come on then he, this man took one like a half a step towards towards led and he hit him four times in the face before he could like take two whole steps at him and he just crumpled over in the middle of all this knocked him out cold and that's what we did the rest of 25 minutes was wake him back up and, and keep him from, from going anywhere. So Ledbetter has hard hands, check. But the, on the way it goes the other way, one more fight story, that'll be it. Um, we were at practice. This was real practice in the season. And Led, it involves Led again. And so we're, we're on scout team, Led's on defense. Um, I don't remember what week it was, but we're, we're back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And he's bothering one of our guards on the scout team and they're chirping back and forth. And finally they tangle lead throws a punch. Other guy throws a punch. It knocks lead's helmet off when he throws the punch. So lead's helmet like pops off. He grabs the, the scout team lineman, grabs his helmet from the like ground and doinks him on the head with it in in the middle of practice so like hits him like square across here like you know cuts his nose his nose is bleeding they're still fighting people are tearing him off taking the helmet from him as i mean that's just crazy it's kind of like uh <laughs> miles Garrett or whoever did that to the steelers yeah yeah that's right we're like right. smacked him on the head yeah we got a lot of trouble for that. Yeah, we we don't condone we, we don't condone fighting, but if it makes dogs, I'm okay with it. I guess like it, it makes you tougher. I guess right. I don't know. Who knows? Those are just those are just two random ones that pop in my head. They're pretty funny. <laughs> Juan, who'd you go with? Who'd you go at it with? I know you had to do it at least once. Oh, I I mean I fought with everybody, um, and it was funny. So when I got inducted into the Gwinnett County Hall of Fame. Um, Kirby was the speaker. He was like the keynote speaker. That was the very first, very first story he told. He said he didn't realize that it was, you know, one of those uh, things that where you fought every day. And he's like, the very first time he goes up against me, um, I think I got, I got up and knocked him down and he can't, you know, got up and pushed me. And I was like, well, here we go. Um, so, you know, you just, you know, you just, you just fight every day. <laughs> Black and brown fake news. All right. <laughs> yeah, I figure I figure Juan would be the bully. Yeah, I got you know, and it, it's funny too because you're just talking about fight stories. We had a center; his name was Brown Holtz, who fought all the time. I mean, you know, he fought against this guy Mitch Davis, who was like a you know all SEC linebacker. I mean, they would just fight every single day, no matter what. 
And then it, um, the only time that they ever came together is in that 1993 game when we played uh, Georgia Tech and we had that big old, big old rumble. Um, oh, you Jesus. Know, and it was, I mean, it was bad. I mean, so I, I got a letter um, and I probably like, probably 10 of our guys on our team got letters that said, if we fight that next year, then we'll be suspended for, for the rest of the year. Was it, I mean, so obviously we, we know now that you, you brought up Georgia Tech, so I have to ask this. Was the fight obviously it was just one on one, but like the Pickens fight, right? Yeah. Was it was it as intense as that? It was. Yeah. It it was bad. Well, because you know it was that same guy Mitch Davis, they had three Georgia Tech guys. So two of them had, you know, one of them had an arm stretched out, the other one had an arm stretched out, and there was this guy that was just absolutely just wailing on them. I mean, it was it was really bad. Like it was coaches out there on the field, everybody. I mean, it was a big time scrum, you know, people coming off the bench and, you know, we were just, and they're just swinging, man. Just, uh, it was, it was crazy. Cause I, I, you know, I was hitting this guy in the back. I probably shouldn't have, but I, I, I did. And then I backed up cause he turned around and I'm ready to fight with him. And I tripped over somebody. <laughs> so I'm falling backwards. And then all of a sudden I just hear, have all these cleats just kicking me in the face. <laughs> As I'm falling backwards, it was crazy, man. It was a, it, it was crazy. So Adonis tried to show me that I fought Mike Tyson's little brother's best friend one time. I broke my back. <laughs> I broke my back. I, hey, Adonis, Adonis got kicked out of our little morning basketball league for, uh, for fighting a guy. They were like right. good friends, man, and he sat there and hit him with a one-two. Like I was like, good gracious, Adonis hit, has, hit, him with the, hit him with a chicken dinner. Oh man, he hit him with a, a nice two piece, like bam, bam. And I mean, he's, he's up in, out of a little out of a little club. He's up in witness witness protection up in Minnesota. It's all yeah, starting, that's, that's probably it's all what, starting to come that, That's probably what it is. That's probably what it is. And every time I every time I see the guy, I see the guy every now and then. I I just imagine his head going. And then Adonis getting, Adonis is the modern day Paul Crew. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Caretaker. Yeah. <laughs> that might be me and Adonis if we teamed up together. Superstar versus half a star. Yeah, two piece and a coke. <laughs> not, not two piece Dr. Pepper, baby. You gotta make it happen. No, in all seriousness, so I wanna I wanna end this because I think this is fun to do. Did y'all hear about uh Nick Saban's comments about the uh scheduling? Did you hear about that? Mm-hmm. Just that he said that, you know, that they're talking about having them play Auburn, Tennessee, and LSU or it would be their three or something like that. Um, I, I hate to say this because I don't always agree with the man, but the past three years he has been on a pretty good burner of uh, of solid comments in the integrity of college football. He told you not to let NIL be a thing. Or otherwise, it would be like free agency and a bidding war. You know, now he's now he's telling you that, you know, this isn't the way the SEC should go as far as permanent scheduling. I mean, you know, it, I, I get he's towards the end of his of his reign possibly, but it doesn't mean that the guy just turned into an idiot. Like he understands what's good for football at some point, and it's not always necessarily. I'll give him credit. The past few years, it's not always necessarily what's good for Alabama because I mean. I think free agency definitely promotes them being better, but um, it, I don't like it either. 
Because apparently, so the, the, the comment, apparently, it was based off of the proposed SEC format, right? It was uh, uh, basically saying they're, they're giving, talk about, uh, you know, the SEC giving Bama, Tennessee, Auburn, and LSU. Don't know how that uh, how they come to that. Uh, listen, I'm not saying, like, I don't know whether he's complaining or, right, because or, he, he'll give you fair warning on some things, too, like, Trying to, to, you know, to be fair here, like he, he'll, you know, wh- whether you hear the complaining or whatever, I, I do think it's interesting, but it makes sense to me because of the rivalries, right? Like just because Tennessee hadn't beat Bama in, right, like hadn't beat him in what, 15 years prior to this past season, doesn't mean it's still not a rivalry. Obviously, you can't let go of the Iron Bowl, uh, but LSU and Alabama, Nick Saban created that. Like it really brought it to the forefront of college football. Right, because prior to Nick Saban, I mean, th- the rivalry was there, but right, like ultimately, you know, he he brought that to the forefront. Um, but other than that, though, let's wrap this thing up, guys. Um, obviously, got some folks at the combine here at three o'clock, so try to tune into that if you're watching the NFL Network. Uh, with that being said, I got one last thing. One last thing. Have fun, Alex Murdoch, in prison the rest of your life. I'm guilty. Yep. We'll be seeing you, buddy. Yes, sir. sir. Didn't follow that much, but fair enough. There you go. A little political sprinkle for for everybody. The poly poly sprinkles? Okay. With that being said, though, guys, we're going to wrap this thing up. We're going to come back Monday. We're going to talk about the combine. We're going to talk about it more. Obviously, we talked a little bit about uh, Robert Bill here, a little bit about Nolan Smith. I think we're going to take a deep dive into the overall things uh, regarding the combine. With that being said, have a great weekend. Kobe, have a great spring break. May have Ooh. a we may have a fun place doing the show on Monday. Chat. We'll, we'll we'll see. Yes, sir. With that being said, folks, have a great weekend, and we'll see y'all Monday for the next episode. Go dogs. Go dogs.